We intend to still keep recording, we're not geographically close to each other, and we want to keep this a space for positivity, happiness, and inspiration for how to cope with being quarantined and also just self-isolating. For the most current information on COVID-19, please consult cdc.gov as well as your state health department. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds, and if you need inspiration for that, we encourage you to sing a pop song while you do so. The website washyourlyrics.com allows you to plug in your favorite song, and it will generate a set of lyrics to sing that equals 20 seconds of hand washing time. Practice social distancing, do video chats with your friends, read books, watch movies, and listen to podcasts. We'll still be here for you as long as we stay healthy, and right now we are, and we hope you stay healthy too. Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And today we're talking about Dread Nation by Justina Ireland, the video game Skyrim, and the Netflix series Virgin River. Indeed. So, K.W., you recently read Dread Nation, which is a book on my to-read list. Tell me about your thoughts. This book is so fun. I read this relatively quickly. It's by Justina Ireland, and she's already written a sequel. This book was from 2018. And it's kind of an interesting combination of, it's a zombie novel, so it's a little bit horror, but it's also a young adult novel, and it's also alternative history. So that's a lot. It's a lot. It's got a (laughs) lot going on. Basically, this novel hypothesizes what would have happened if just during and after the Civil War, if um, there was a zombie apocalypse. And there's been other novels like this, including Matt Betts's Odd Man Out, which I think I've read. Have you read that? I don't know if you... I, I haven't. It's on my shelf. I'm sorry, Matt. Yeah. Matt's our friend. He's our friend. But that that is a very good also Civil War um, set a zombie novel. But this is a little bit different because it focuses on one young woman who she's kind of a late teenager. Her name is Jane. And she has grown up on a plantation, but she is the daughter of a white mother and a white plantation owner, but she is black. And the supposition is that she's actually the product of an affair that her mother had with one of the field workers on the plantation. And in this different zombie era kind of crisis world, Jane gets sent to a school for young women to learn how to fight zombies. Oh, cool. And she's very, everything's from her first person point of view perspective. And it just kind of unfolds from there. A lot of it has to do with learning at her school. But then also, at some point, she gets sent to a a new city that's been designed specifically to be a utopia, where people are sort of protected from the zombies. All of this makes it sound a little bit frivolous and silly, but the main thing is that this is actually a really, really huge commentary on race, gender, interculturalism, and kind of like the aftermath of the Civil War. But it's really, I would say it's much more of a commentary on what's really happening in contemporary society now, because it's really dealing with a lot of the residual race issues that we still have in the U.S., including the idea that we are 
a post-racial society or whether we are still dealing with racism. And zombieism is kind of a metaphor for a lot of different things. And I think that um, it's worth sort of unpacking what you think those metaphors are for yourself. But Ireland does a really, really good job of conveying a lot of both whimsy and hypothesizing about this kind of alternate society. Um, And her writing is very, very clear, direct, descriptive, and whimsical in a humorous way. Jane is a very, very likable character. She's very plucky and um, inventive. And I think it's it's a really fun, fast-paced novel, and I really, really enjoyed it. Excellent. That's really cool. I will say that if you're afraid of horror novels or you're worried about zombie novels, it's not overly descriptive in that sense. It's much more of like an adventure and history novel. And it feels very, it feels very Hunger Games in a way that is appealing. So I think that if you like just adventure and action, that it would still be a fun read, even if you're kind of wary about the the zombie angle. Okay. Yeah, sometimes I get a little bit wary, just because I don't like a lot of gore. Yeah, it's so. it's not gory, really. Okay. I mean, there's there's scenes that if you want to imagine it a little vividly, it would feel very Walking Dead-esque. But if you kind of don't want to really, if you, you can kind of gloss over some of that. But I think also, too, there's something to be said for as a reader being uncomfortable, especially when a book is about mostly, because the main point of the book is racism. So I think that being a little bit uncomfortable is maybe warranted. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to put it quite that way. But but yeah, I think the zombies clearly are such a metaphor. So they're not, they're both glossed over, but also used effectively. Ireland did come out with a sequel just recently, and it's called Deathless Divide. And I have not gotten a chance to read that yet, but I'm looking forward to it. So she's definitely an up and coming author that I would look for. So awesome. I know she's done some Star Wars novels. So she's got some other stuff out there too. Do you know if this is a trilogy? Or is it just going to be maybe a duology or a longer series? Do you know? I actually don't know. I think that these are so new that I'm not sure what she has in play in store. But I think too, that if you don't want to read the next book, that Dread Nation by itself does stand alone pretty well. But it was compelling enough that I think I want to definitely read the second book. So yeah. That's awesome. I will have to pick it up soon. I got it on Kindle when it came out, but I just haven't gotten to it. So cool. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So you are playing Skyrim. Yes. I am not really up on anything about Skyrim. So tell us more about that. And I think I think it would be good if we do a little bit more stuff about video games, because I know we both play some video games. So this interests me quite a bit. Great. Yeah. And I actually have just more recently gotten more into video games because I got a new laptop at the end of the year. So I was very excited to get Skyrim. I didn't know a lot about it. I knew one of my friends really liked it. And she was like, be careful because you will get sucked in right away. (laughs) And one thing I did want to talk about because it really affected me at the beginning when I started playing was I actually get motion sickness when playing video games sometimes. So that was something I had to figure out and deal with. And I did a couple things. So the first time I, I played it, it starts out in first person. And I just really can't do that. That triggers nausea. (laughs) And I was like, oh, boy, I got 20 minutes in. And I was like, okay, I gotta go lie down. (laughs) Um, So you can move it into third person, which is great. I also downloaded 
a modification that like reduces the camera shakiness mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's really helped. And then the other thing is that my dad actually got me a monitor for my birthday last year. So instead of playing it on my laptop, I put it on the bigger monitor and I sit back more. So I'm not super close to it. I wanted to talk about that because I feel like when people talk about video games, that kind of gets glossed over. It doesn't affect everyone, obviously, but if it affects enough people that, you know, someone had to go out and make a mod for it and stuff like that. So do you get motion sickness? I do, actually. So yeah, when I play games that can be either first person or third person, I always zoom it out to third person. Mm -hmm. For me, it actually helps to be on a smaller screen. So I think everybody's different. Yeah. And so it's important to really monitor yourself and know what works well for you and limiting your gameplay. Like there's some games that I'll just play for like a, a half an hour and then stop. Mm-hmm. And it's, t- it's too bad. It's not fair. But it also means that there's ways around it. So it's good to know this. And it's good to know that there's a mod that helps reduce that. So that's great. Yeah. If you ever play it, you can, you can go find that. So Skyrim is a game that came out in 2011 from Bethesda Game Studios, and it's technically the fifth installment in a series called The Elder Scrolls, and I haven't played any of the other ones. I do have a couple of them, because Steam had a sale over Christmas, (laughs) and all of the games take place on the continent of Tamriel. They take place in a different region, so this takes place in the region of Skyrim. The main premise of it, and... Keep in mind that I have been playing this for a couple months at most. I haven't gotten super, super far into the main storyline. But the main storyline is that you, the player, are someone called a dragonborn. And you can play as a a number of different races. I play as an orc. So that's fun. (laughs) I'm going to get a little off track here. But I've also realized that I'm kind of like... You know, when you think about playing D&D and you're like, I'm going to make a character who's sneaky and they're a rogue and they steal things and blah, blah. And then I hate stealing things. I hate being sneaky in this game. I'm just like, I'm going to brute force my way into everything. <laughs> and I've got like this big great sword <laughs> and I almost never sneak around. <laughs> so I've really found that out about myself. I just <laughs> like, go straight at the problem. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you are the dragonborn. And dragons are coming back. They've been extinct or I think extinct, thought to be extinct. So they're coming back. And what the dragonborn can do is when you kill a dragon, you can absorb its soul. Once you learn, they're called words of power. You can do different things with them. There's one called unrelenting force. That's the first one I got. And basically you can shout at something and it pushes it back. It's just like a big rush of power. There's one called Whirlwind Sprint that lets you move forward really, really fast. And I think eventually you have to defeat the big bad dragon. (laughs) But I haven't gotten there yet. So there are a bunch of side quests that you can do. You start out as a prisoner who's going to be executed. And then a dragon comes and attacks and you escape during that. So you can kind of You just kind of get let loose into the world Mm -hmm. and you start exploring, you start walking around and the game kind of guides you. You can do different quests and some of them are, are small. Like when you get to this one city, this woman's like, wow, you really aren't dressed well. Let me get you some clothes and you can go up to the palace and then 
when the Jarl asks you where the clothes are from, tell them they're from my place. And I'm like, cool, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then there are bigger quests like, there are bandits who are terrorizing the city. Please go to their hideout and take care of them. And obviously the biggest one of all is you go, you travel throughout the land and you find these places where the words of power are, they're not hidden, but they're frequently like in caves or underground. And they're written on a wall, and then you just kind of can go up to the wall and absorb that power. So part of your travels is trying to find these words, and that will assumingly prepare you for the big fight at the end. So I've been playing when I can. I try to only play on weekends because, like my friend said, it, it can suck you in because sometimes you complete a quest and you're like, oh, let me try for another one. And then it takes you way longer than you think it will. <laughs> But it's a fantasy world. Like I said, you could play as different races. There are orcs. There are elves. There are these people called the Khajiit, who are cat people, mm. which is cool. And there are, uh, you know, more human-looking people from different areas of the continent. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you have any questions about it? No, that sounds really fun. I, I guess I do have one little question so mm-hmm. is this a game that you can play either online or offline? Can you play it with other people or? This one is offline. Okay. But they have an online version. Okay. It's just called Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, okay. So I haven't played that yet, mm-hmm. but I believe you can play with other people and it takes place in the same world, but I'm not sure how much of the world. Okay. But yeah, you, so that one you could play with other people. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that sounds like something that I would be kind of interested in. I've played things that are kind of similar, like Torchlight. And yeah, so I might check that out. Cool. I will check out Torchlight. Oh, Torchlight is fun. Yeah. All right. I couldn't spell Torch for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I will say Torchlight doesn't have the same issue with motion sickness because you're zoomed way out and it's more than even third person. It's almost like you can see your character, but they're just on the screen. So you're not like right on them in terms of perspective. So there's no motion sickness issue. That's great. Yeah. And it's not that expensive on Steam. So there you go. Grab it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks. Steam is a great source for video games. If you're not familiar with Steam, it's it works on both PC and Mac and, and you can download video games for, you know, various amounts of money or even free and uh you never have to get a cd-rom in the mail so it's pretty cool and uh they sometimes have really good sales yes i recently had a sale of i don't know if you ever played sunless sea but it was like on a crazy Mm -hmm. sale and i got it for so cheap and it's really fun so that's another game i would give a plug for excellent yeah if any listeners have games they want to plug Give them to us. I can't promise I'll get to them soon because it's going to take me a long time to get through Skyrim. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on from that, we have both watched, well, you've watched more than I have, but we've both been watching a series called Virgin River on Netflix. Yes. So why don't you give us an overview of that? Yeah. So this started in December of 2019. I think I discovered it a little bit after that. And it took me a little bit to get into it, but then I got really, really into it. So it's based on a series of novels by Robin Carr. And I have not read the novels yet. I got the first book on Kindle, but I have not read it yet. And it was a 10 episode first season on Netflix, and they've renewed it for a second season. 
And it mostly focuses on a midwife and nurse practitioner who moves to a small town called Virgin River in Northern California. And her name is Mel Monroe. And she's kind of starting her life over. And it's a little bit mysterious because you don't know exactly what happened to her to make her want to move away. She's coming from Los Angeles. And yeah, she kind of encounters this very, I wouldn't say it's a totally eccentric town, but it's full of Hmm. colorful characters. (laughs) And um, she herself is very like, I would say she's your she's your character that you're supposed to relate to because she's pretty normal, but she also does have secrets. So it's a little bit, you know, intriguing about what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing is that the doctor in town that she works for, Doc Mullins, played by Tim Matheson, veteran character actor Tim Matheson, he's very reluctant to even bring her on to his practice. And so they have a lot of conflict there and it kind of unfolds from there. So I would say that it's a romantic drama comedy sort of would you agree i would agree with that yeah yeah because there is a there is a romantic lead sort of interest jack sheridan he's a restaurant owner and former marine he's played by martin henderson and he's he's suffering from ptsd but we don't totally know that in the beginning Mm -hmm. and there's some stuff there my, I don't know who your favorite character is. Let me, maybe let's ask that first. So who is your favorite character so far? My favorite character is Hope, <laughs> the mayor of the town, and she's played by Annette O'Toole. I knew she would be your favorite character. <laughs> How did you know that? Because she's a feisty woman and she's like, yes. so she's, yeah, she's, she's a little bit older. Um, she's very like outspoken. She just kind of gets in people's business and doesn't care. And she's really funny. And I would say she's the comic relief. The doctor is also kind of funny too. But And there's some stuff between her and the doctor that I did not realize. I swear, I I was watching one episode and they said something in passing and I looked up like I was not paying as close attention as, as I should have been. And I looked up and was like, wait, what? Did they not ever say that before? But anyway. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. Something happened in an episode that I watched today. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we, will, we will not spoil Mysteries. That. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> so who's your favorite character? Oh, I, I also like Hope. She's really funny. I think she's great. I, I like Mel, though. I think she's very relatable. And a lot of her frustration with people being strange and inscrutable is very kind of, I think, relatable whenever you're approaching a new situation. Mm-hmm. And I like Jack too. I think he's he's also pretty stable and grounded and interesting. Although he's very flawed and has some things about him that I don't love. There's a weird thing with a relationship he has with this woman named Charmaine, and I that's yeah that's complicated. But I think yeah, Mel and Hope are are very fun characters, and I like their relationship with each other. I think they're both of them are kind of your entry into the weirdness of the town. But it's also not like that weird of a town. It's not that quirky. Mm. It's still pretty it's, stable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call it quirky. I think every everyone sort of has their own thing going on. And some of the characters have secrets that get teased out throughout the season. Mm-hmm. So that's where the drama comes in, mm-hmm. I think. But it's not, it's not like quirky in the sense that it's laugh out loud funny. No, no. Oh, I think it's much more of a drama than a comedy, but there are moments that keep it pretty light. I guess it's a light drama. Yeah. I would call it heartwarming. Yes, heartwarming. But there's things about it that make it 
sort of edgier than your your typical like it's it's not a hallmark show it's a little more real than that i think it's not treacly i guess well i think just to get into examples and i won't go too deeply so we won't spoil anyone but for instance fairly early on in the season there are some characters who deal with depression specifically postpartum depression so they so Mel brings it up and it's not treated as really a plot device or just some big bad thing. It's just treated very realistically like, hey, this is a thing that you might have and therapy and medication can help with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I I appreciated that. Yeah. And there's there's a plot point in the first episode and I will maybe cover this just to, it's the first big plot arc of the series is that at the end of episode one, there's a baby abandoned on the front porch of the doctor's office. And you don't know whose it is, you don't know what goes on, but postpartum depression kind of plays a part in figuring out whose baby that is. And it's a really interesting story arc. And I think that it, it's treated very realistically, very medically responsibly. And one thing that I really like about Mel is that she's very science focused. She's very clearly a very well-read, well-trained NP and, um, I like that she's portrayed as being intelligent. This is a very intelligent young woman and and they don't gloss over that for the sake of making her seem more appealing or relatable. They they present her as the most knowledgeable person when it comes to current medical knowledge, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, and that's part of where the conflict comes from because she gets hired by Doc Mullins who is older and a little bit old school and a little bit small town. And that sometimes he doesn't think, you know, child protective services should be alerted and stuff like that because he wants to deal with things as a town among friends. So some of the conflict comes from their approaches to things. And there's a moment when Hope kind of berates him because she's like, yeah, it's it's good that you guys have different ways of looking at things because everyone's got blind spots. So you guys can cover each other. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was good. I think it also proves that in a way, because in a different era, on a different kind of series, Mel would have been a doctor herself. And I think it's interesting that she's an NP midwife, which is still like highly qualified and everything. But I also think that it proves in a way that these days, it's almost harder to get various certifications. And it's, it's telling that the doctor is a man and he's a full MD. And she's just honestly as trained and qualified as he is from a practical standpoint. Do you know what I mean? So that Mm -hmm. it just shows how in today's economy that we're sort of expected to go above and beyond when it comes to degree seeking and and all these things and that that you actually can obtain the same information without getting that final credential. And I I think that's frustrating, but also it's, it's emblematic of how this show deals with real life issues in a way that's more realistic than some shows. Do you know when the first book was published by any chance? I do not, but I think we could probably figure it out. 2007. Okay. I was just wondering if that played a part in it, but that was a little while ago. It wasn't very recently. No, but I think it was already kind of starting to become an issue. Um, Honestly, I think that you see that coming up from the current century onward of the idea that you know, education doesn't always equal the qualification that you get. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe that's just a, a thing that I've noticed <laughs> in, <laughs> in life. 
I'm not sure. I can't can't really speak to that. Yeah. Okay, so I like it. I'm going to finish it. I haven't finished it, unlike you. <laughs> uh, but I will say, I brought this up when I first started watching it, because Mel, I don't think you said, is played by Alexandra Breckenridge. Yes. And I did not know her very well. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I most remember... <laughs> that i most remember her for is she was in she's the man yes which is a fantastic movie and i've seen it a bunch of times but she's not a very likable character in that so when i first started watching this i could not kind of get that out of my head (laughs) but once it went on i was fine let me let me soften that blow a little bit because I actually I understand she was in She's the Man. I have not seen She's the Man. I know it very well, like from a distance, and I know of it, obviously. I know her more from she played Jesse on The Walking Dead to harken back to our uh, zombie topic. Okay. And she also plays Sophie on This Is Us. Um, Sophie is Oh, she's the the (laughs) ex-wife of one of the kids on the show. And she's a very likable character on both of those shows. And so it did not take me very long to think of her as a likable character. But yeah, I I recognize that in She's the Man, she was kind of the little villain vamp character or whatnot. (laughs) But I think that's cool. She's had a really, even though she's pretty young, she's had a long career already. And I think too, that as an actor, she's... She's very relatable. She's really portraying down-to-earth characters lately. And and it's also nice to see a show led by a woman in her late 30s, and it's not, like, made a big deal of. And I think that that's one thing that streaming series have going for them, because you can you can broaden your perspective of what your cast involves and not be only appealing to super, super, super young audiences. Mm-hmm. I think also this is a show that would appeal to multi-generations. It's very... There's characters of all age groups, and I really like that about it. So yeah, I think that is another thing I like about it. It I will say, too, that it took me a while to get into it, but then by the end of the season, I was like, oh, where is season two? And <laughs> let me get the book and read it and start reading. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's a slow burn. It starts a little bit, mm, I don't know how I feel about this, but you really, yeah. you really get into it over the course of the series. And I do think that you've got a lot of good episodes coming for you. And one thing that I like too is that Tim Matheson, he actually directs a lot of the episodes. So I think that's that's cute too. So yeah. Oh, I was gonna say towards the beginning, you even were talking to me and you thought it was kind of unclear what genre it was gonna be. Yeah, I think that is still kind of true, even watching the whole thing. Some places just call it a romantic drama. I think it's got a lot of elements of comedy. I think it's got some elements of like heavier drama. It's it's a kind of series that you kind of don't see a lot of. It's not a procedural medical show. It's not a cop show. It's not even a straightforward family drama the way This Is Us is or something. It's because the romance angle between Mel and Jack is kind of central, but you don't see that in a series as much. So it comes off like a romantic drama film, but in television series format so it's it's really hard to pin down and I think I ultimately liked that about it yeah sometimes genre bending things can be really neat yeah yeah I think this is the kind of thing that it it's very obvious in a book but it's not as obvious for a for an extended television series so it was very refreshing it reminded me a lot of and you probably haven't seen this but it reminded me a lot of northern exposure 
which was on CBS in the 1990s. Mm -mm. And that's a quirky sort of small town series that had elements of comedy and drama and romance in it. But that was a little bit unusual. And we just really haven't seen something like that in a while. It is nowhere near as quirky as Northern Exposure. So those of you listening (laughs) who have seen that, it's not going to be like that. But it reminded me of that based on some of the elements. So I think that it it does appeal to a similar audience. It's not nearly as silly, but it does have that element of it. So yeah. Okay, neat. Well, I'm looking forward to finishing the season. And unfortunately, you will have to wait almost a whole year for the next yeah. season. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna read the books. I think I'm gonna read the books. Okay, cool. Yeah, you'll be ahead of the game. Yeah. I think I think too that if you did enjoy this, maybe maybe watch one episode of Northern Exposure and tell me what you think. <laughs> Are you talking to me or the listeners? I'm talking to you personally, Carrie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try to find that. Where would you even find Northern Exposure nowadays? Uh, We'll have to research that offline, but yeah. Okay. I'll figure that out. All right, cool. So next time, we are going to talk about Better Things, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and the pilot of 12 Monkeys, and then we'll give you a sneak peek into our upcoming anthology. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And you can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you want to email us, please do so at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs>